Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Joining me on this beautiful mailbag Monday, as of right now, it'll be like raining again in about eight <laughs> minutes because I do. Anyway, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, it is Charlie O'Connor. Charlie, how you doing today? Much better. Feeling <laughs> yeah. feeling much better after getting a day to uh, to recharge. It is actually a beautiful day, though. You know, I, when I went to practice today, it was raining, it was ugly, it was cloudy. And then I walked out of the facility like about an hour and a half, two hours later, and it was sunny and it was nice. It was That's, warm. All I know is my Christmas decorations are everywhere. <laughs> it looks like my house was under siege, uh, but you know, is I'll go, I'll get him back up when I get back home. You know, a three thirty show that doesn't leave me a lot of time in the morning and afternoon. It's fair. It's uh, who gets up before noon, these say, days? especially if you go by your schedule, <laughs> yeah. which is you wake up at noon. I get up around ten thirty or so these days. Really? Um, wow, you're you're growing that's when up. I start. Our, our little boy's growing that's, up. That's when my first <laughs> alarm goes off. Uh, anyway, I guess I have to start with this because I find it so ridiculous. And yet it was a big stir on the old uh, on the old Twitter.com today. I guess X.com. X.com. Yeah. Um, Charlie, do you think that there's any possibility? I can't believe we're doing this two years later. Do you think that there's any possibility that the Flyers might be looking at some point to acquire South Jersey's own Johnny Goodrow. Oh God, I really thought this was over. I, I really thought this thought was so over. Too. I thought we could we could just I stop thought, this eh. this this regular story that was a thing for half a decade. <laughs> no, they're not going to trade for Johnny Goodrow. This all the funny thing is this wasn't even a rumor. What it was was I believe it was Friedman, one of the insiders. I believe it was all of Friedman. It was either Friedman or uh, or Garosh in in Ottawa. Basically said that. Columbus is open to trading anyone. And then, of course, because 
people in this market care only about one Johnny Goudreau, South Jersey's own. It was like, anyone? Does that include Johnny? I, I actually think, like, for me, from how I saw it, it was really, it started with, at least, Columbus fans going... Like doing the us thing, like okay, we have to rebuild. Uh, uh, how do, do we do the Flyers thing? Yeah, like, like we hate everyone. Well, like <laughs> how do we get out from under this? You right. know, seven year. I guess there's like five and a half years left at almost ten million bucks. How do we get out from under this? Who would want him? Oh well, Flyers. They've been talking about him for uh, since he came into the league. And maybe we can get the Flyers. And it was oh yeah, let's just trade him for Gauthier. It was like, you have. That's not happening. That would really? never happen. But it was no, number not, number one. They're never going to trade for him. No. Number two, if in some universe they did trade for him, they would not trade Cutter Gauthier for him because Johnny Goudreau's contract is now a bad contract. Mm -hmm. That is a contract mm -hmm. that the Columbus Blue Jackets would probably have to retain salary on to trade. You are not getting a top five pick and top ten NHL prospect for a contract that's bad. Probably not. Probably not. No, but like that to me is where it started. And then it was just kind of like today I saw the article and I saw the, there was one person in my mentions freaking out about it. And I'll just, <laughs> I was just like, honestly, like that to me isn't egregious. Like that's just, okay, people are talking about this thing. Would they do it is the hypothesis. And then it's like, oh, this is what the groundwork would look like. Are you interested in such a thing? The answer is a resounding no based on the groundwork laid out. <laughs> but, like, I just – I can't believe it's still a topic of conversation. And, like, anyone freak – oh, my God, I can't believe someone would write about such a thing. You can't? Why wouldn't – do you see how it blew up? And now even I, someone who does didn't care about it, am talking about it? Of course it was written about. Charlie has said this multiple times. Especially this time of year when you're looking at the schedule. Flyers have 52 games left on the schedule. Uh, we're about to go into the roster freeze. Holidays are coming up. Standings kind of condensed. Like, oh, some teams are going to make it. Some teams aren't. Not a ton of news unless you're, like, covering Ottawa. Um, Got to write about something. Sure do. <laughs> and guess what gets people going? Trades. Trades with players whose names you know. Like, <laughs> those are the things. Like, of course somebody wrote about it. I, I just, I couldn't believe the reaction to this. I can't, really, you can't? I just think that it's one of those things where you can ask it. And then the answer is no. no. No, the Flyers would not trade for Johnny Goudreau. The Flyers are still in their own words, still rebuilding. That is not they when keep that, that is not when you add a contract of that size and length with a guy who is Johnny Goudreau's age. Number two, and this I think is actually probably more important to the conversation, at least at the moment, is the Flyers are very clearly focused on building a culture here of, you know, be defensively oriented. I know they're they're opening things up, but there's an element of, you know, you gotta you gotta be structured. You gotta do what the coach tells you to do. They're building a culture centered around what John Torrell wants guys to do. You do not bring in a 31-year-old offense-only guy on a massive contract unless you want to blow up that culture. Like this is exactly why they traded away Kevin Hayes for essentially nothing. And that's and retain like salary to do it. <laughs> You would not then bring in his best friend two months later. It doesn't make any sense. Like just the uh, 
like the relationship between the guy John Tortorella could not work with and we had to retain salary and give away. Yeah. And now this player on a huge contract who does this one thing that it's pretty clear John Tortorella isn't all that interested in guys who do that one thing. Like I we've spent enough time on it. I just I had a whole conversation about it this morning. You're so fired up about the Twitter conversation. It was just I, like, I had to mute the conversation. My mentions kept getting blown up every two seconds and I'm like, Bill, you really should just give up on this one. And finally I, I just muted the it thing. It was just like I I don't understand what you were mad about. Like that was why are you and plus like, the person's a flyer's fan. They're mad the about author. everything. I didn't write the fucking thing. <laughs> yell at him. I I don't write anything. Uh my boy Thomas Williams from Broad Street Hockey hit me up to write about wrestling. The next thing you see my name on on a byline, it's gonna be like matches of the year 2023. <laughs> it's gonna have nothing to do with the Flyers and shot at I don't write anymore. I'm done with it. That's Charlie's job. All right, uh, before we get to the mailbag Monday questions. We do have this one last thing. Speaking of, like this to me, this is what clickbait is. Yes. And we all like Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks yeah. is an entertaining character. Sure, he is. does break stories. I find him. Uh, I find him a positive yeah. in the hockey community. Entertaining Twitter presence. Yeah. The, the the screenshots and videos <laughs> the, are great. The off center, like the yeah, love the them. unframed videos of him breaking stories, and it's just like a quarter of his face. That's all. I'm fine with it. It's he's good bit. he's found his all, thing. All about commitment. It's to the all bit. great. But he tweets today. About with a uh, with a picture of Sean Walker. Walker has thrived in Philly. I'm told he loves his teammates, coaches, the city, and being a flyer. Question becomes how much do they love their right defenseman pending unfree unrestricted free agent to keep him? Other clubs' interest has been strong as well, but holiday freeze soon. The holiday freeze uh, begins tonight at midnight sure or twelve oh one tomorrow, whatever the hell you want to call 1159. it. It begins real soon. Yep. Um the Flyers, in case you haven't heard, in playoff position, second in the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, both by points and points percentage. Seven right? game point streak. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. If if Edmonton was like, yeah, y'all want Drysital? Sure. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're definitely not selling one of their best players <laughs> right now. Right now, exactly. may they in February or March? Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely possible. But in the next. Nine hours? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the, as you They're going to do it as soon as this show ends. That would be very going to happen. The, as, as you just said, and this is what we discussed before like, the show, like we like Kevin Weeks. Love him. This is the epitome of clickbait. <laughs> this is, this is like, clickbait because he knows they're not going to trade Kevin. Uh, they're not going to trade Sean Walker in the next nine hours. He knows. Because it doesn't happen. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, like, I, the amount of uh, the number of teams that can fit someone under the cap. Every, it's just. It's just. It, but, I don't see. It. But the, the thing that frustrates me about tweets like this, I'm. I don't even get mad at Kevin Weeks about no. this. I understand what Kevin Weeks is doing, and he's doing his job quite well. He's getting interactions on Twitter. He's sparking a conversation. What annoys me is that people fall for it. Like this does not mean. That Sean Walker is that that talk is heating up around Sean Walker. This means probably that Kevin Weeks maybe had a conversation with Sean Walker's buddy or Sean Walker's agent or maybe Sean Walker actually Sean Walker who told him I want to stay in Philly. And then Weeks is like, well, I need to tweet something today and I could use some engagement. So let me just throw this out there because he's an interesting name. And then people see it and they think Sean Walker might get moved today. No. Sean Walker's not getting moved today, guys. We're good. I, calm down. I will say it was 
it was funny um all morning i'm listening to 32 thoughts i'm listening to the marrick show once it get posted as a podcast and it's all about uh yeah like they just the ottawa senators they don't want to be reactionary they're trying to be stable and i i show up today and charlie goes so DJ Smith, huh? I was like, huh? How about everything I heard all morning was nope, not yet, not yet. And it was like, yeah, but three hours from now. Well, the, the truly funny <laughs> yeah. part about that story. So if you're not aware, DJ Smith, the coach, former coach now of the Ottawa Senators, has been fired. Uh, my main main connection with him is that he's really well. Scott Lawton loves him because he was Scott Lawton's coach in junior. So I've chatted with Scott Lawton quite a few times about why he loved DJ Smith as much as he did. However, Ottawa is significantly underachieving based on preseason expectations. It makes sense that DJ Smith would be on the hot seat. This doesn't come as a shock that he was let go. What comes as a shock, and this is a classic example of like, yeah, Ottawa is still kind of a shit show, even though they are better than what they were a couple of years ago. For some reason, they let DJ Smith coach practice this morning and then talk to the media and then fired him like an hour later. Like, if you were going to do it, why did you just fire him at 9 like, a.m.? Does that mean, like, Michael Antlauer, maybe he's on the schedule like me and it was like, oh, fuck, I missed practice. <laughs> like, oh, now he's talking to the media? Oh, no one called him? <laughs> Nobody told it's him? Like, no, Michael, you're in charge. You own the team. You're, <laughs> we don't have a GM anymore, remember? You fired him? Yeah, exactly. So I, maybe it's just a a lack of communication but we have a we have a question later about the senators that i'll give my uh, we'll get, my, we'll get into it i'll later. give my thoughts and theories on him on that organization in a few minutes real shame what's going on up there in ottawa maybe maybe martin havlock can fix it uh but right <laughs> now i gotta talk to you about one of our newest partners here it's ag1 the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health i drink it literally every day i gave ag1 a try because as i've told you plenty of times before my love Life pre HLY was routineless. Pre HLY, I routine now. I, know, I, I just love how you combine the two. Pre instead did of, I say, instead did of I not, pre PHLY, it was pre HLY. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> uh, my schedule was different every day, but now that I've got some normalcy back, I want to try to be a little healthier. And AG1 is a tremendous way to kick off my morning routine. I drink AG1 every morning to start my way, my day, and it makes me just feel like I'm doing something good for my body because I'm. I'm giving it the nutrition it craves and just starting off on the right foot. One scoop of AG1 for me and some water, maybe even a little coffee while I'm getting my dog's breakfast and medicine together, making myself some breakfast before and then before I've even taken a shower or anything. I think I've already accomplished something, and that sets me up to keep going throughout my day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your vitamin supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash flyers. That's drinkag1.com slash flyers to check it out. And as always, it's Kelly Hinkle approved. All right, Bill, I got to say that, that wasn't was, one of my best. No, no. See, I disagree. Oh. I think that was one of your best ad reads. It was one of your most quintessential Bill Matt's ad reads <laughs> because we get a hilarious unintentional <laughs> word flub. And then we got, Water and coffee. Like, we got, like, the most Philly accent in a brief period of time. I can't help the way I speak. <laughs> I refuse to lose my regional diction. Like, I'm going to work here forever. That was so good. I'm not going I, anywhere. Incredible. Um, I, just, I, like, literally 10 out of 10. <laughs> one last thing, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into the mailbag questions. We have your... Uh, 
we have your feature on Joel Farabee up on allphly.com. Yes. Dropped over the weekend. Free for all. That's yeah, not free a, for that's all. Not a diehard Not diehards only, so you can check it out. Um, we're probably going to talk about it more maybe tomorrow I from the Reading Terminal Market. Kelly will be on. We'll be able to whatever. Uh, yeah. But if there was a single like takeaway, something we should really take note of in that article, like what should be our biggest like Convert topic of conversation from that one. It's an interesting question. I, I think to me the the big the main thrust of the article I was trying to get across is that he's been really really good, especially at five on five. Yet the ice time isn't matching it, and it's a question that like the article honestly didn't answer because I don't know if there is an answer. The question is why isn't he playing more? And if anything. I think probably the answer is is that there are a few veterans that are still getting more time than they probably should. You know, guys like Cam Atkinson, and guys like Scott Lawton. Lawton has dropped a little bit further down the lineup in recent games because of his struggles. But I look at guys like Joel Farabee and, and Owen Tippett. Farabee in particular, because I think Farabee is outplaying Tippett so far this year. But Joel Farabee's under 15 minutes a night. Granted, he'd be a, probably a little bit over had he not had one game with like two minutes. But still pretty low. And then Tippett's only a little bit over 15 minutes a night. Look, these guys are playing. It's not like they're getting benched aside from that one game for Farabee. But <laughs> they're they're playing. They're, in, they're in, not in significant roles. But... I would like to see them maybe get a little bit more time. We talked to we talked to John Tortorell today, and he straight up said, "I'd like to get Owen Tip more time." And he said about Joel Farabee, you know, you know, it's not anything against him. I'd like to get him more time. I do think there's an element of like, John, you're the coach. You can give him more time if you really want to. <laughs> those, so do it. Those quotes are always the fucking hot dog costume guy. Like, oh, we're just looking for the one, the guy who did this. Like, <laughs> yeah. You determine it. Exactly. You are in charge. It's very clear. You might have more say than any coach in the league. Yes. And these are the types of things where as media people, we should be critical of of the coach because <laughs> we all acknowledge that these guys are good players and these guys could be part of the future. So maybe play them a little bit more. And if you don't, you're going to get articles like the one I wrote, which is, Hey, why is the guy who's like fourth in the NHL and primary points per 60 at five on five getting less than 15 minutes a night? Not doesn't bad. make a lot of sense. Not bad. All right. So Not check bad. that out at all. PHLY.com. I think we'll have a little bit more on Joel Farabee on tomorrow's show. Now, it is time for just another Mailbag Monday. Here we go to kick things off. We will start it with Fly Guy 7 with today's first question. With how things are trending, when do you see this Flyers team seriously making waves in the playoffs? If we stay the course and sell at the deadline for futures, how much time could that add to the rebuild? So the first question, when do you think they could make waves in the playoffs? That's... It's very interesting to me because it's clear. Like, I think you obviously need great players yeah. to go on a run. Uh, that said, the Flyers are winning right now. And the way in which they are winning, I would say, especially defensively, is a playoff style. I don't know how much rush-based offense you can get away with in the playoffs when everyone just is like, yeah, guess what? You're allowed to hook. So uh, you're not breaking. Oh, you're breaking for the other. End. No, you're not. Like, but I, I would say they're playing more of a playoff style than some teams do this time of year. Could they? We could you see this team in a in an Eastern Conference Final in a couple of months? So I guess what I'll say. So 
The answer to your question, short, is no, I don't. But look, hockey's weird. And I guess what I would... I want to make a distinction here because the question is, when do you see this Flyers team seriously making waves in the playoffs? And I think there needs to be a distinction made between making waves in the playoffs... And making. And making... No, no, not even that. Making waves in the playoffs and actually having a chance to win the title. Because, like, I could plausibly see this Flyers team in the next year, year two, before Mafe Mitchkov gets here, before Cutter Gauthier is hopefully what they're hoping Cutter Gauthier is going to be. Like, I could see them being the New York Islanders, who made it to two conference finals in a row, basically by having a couple legitimately good players and a team that just was full buy into a system. They got to the Final Four twice. At no time during their runs did I think they had a chance of winning the Stanley Cup, even though they made it to the Final Four twice, because they just didn't have the guys who I thought could go in and win the next two rounds. They were a team that had the ability to make waves in the playoffs, but in my mind did not have the ceiling of a team that could actually win the Stanley Cup. A lot like... um. Oh wow! Both both examples I'm going to use are uh, are Florida te- are, are Florida Panthers teams. The one that got swept in the final uh, by Colorado in '96, '95. I want to say, yeah, whatever. It one was. of those years. And, I, I was not into hockey yet. And the point. one last year that like they get there because Bobrovsky had a couple of weeks of 930. Yeah, and, and then Kachuk it was like, put the entire team on his back yeah, for and, two months. Yeah, and Kachuk just kept scoring game-winning goals, <laughs> and then they get to the final. It's like, yeah, you're just not good enough. Yeah. Like, those teams made waves, but ultimately, yeah. you know, and that Montreal team a few years ago yeah. in the bubble when yeah. it was ridiculous. Exactly. Like, I could I see the Flyers making waves in the playoffs as soon as this year? Sure. Because I do think they have they have enough talent that if things break their way, if the right matches break their way, they could win a round or two, maybe. But I will not look at this team as a team that can actually win the cup. And I guess that, to me, won't happen until they have the high-end guys that they're hoping Mitchkov and Gauthier are, and that won't be at least for another few years. But if you're talking about making waves... I could plausibly see them making waves this year or next year if they want to be, you know, the the Flyers version of the the Barry Trotz Islanders. Yeah, that could happen. And the second part of this question, if we stay the course and sell at the deadline for futures, how much time could that add to the rebuild? Doesn't have to add any time at all. I don't, yeah, like the only guys I think that are a possibility right now, and maybe like everyone gets hurt and the team stinks for for three months, and then okay, yeah, we are going to trade Konechny, and they have those sorts of conversations. Like I think Atkinson is an off season guy. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Sealer and Walker. Yeah, uh, Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer, I like. He, I don't think losing him adds any time to your rebuild. No, Sean Walker. Yeah, you're going to need a Sean Walker at some point. Uh. I think that's a lot. Like, we're not talking about fucking Chris Pronger here. Like, <laughs> that's not adding time to your rebuild, I don't think. You can go find Sean. If they really, really love Sean Walker, they can sign him on July. They can trade him in March and yeah. sign him on July 1st. Yeah. You know, like, if, if they have to have him, it's it's a possibility. And there's an element, too, where as much as... And I am I am on record as being... I would rather them trade Sean Walker, but I can see the argument for keeping him, and it's not something that I would say is a betrayal of the rebuild like you would if they were to re-sign him. However, 
the Flyers over the last two years have turned Sean Walker, who was a cap cast off just a few months ago, into a legitimately really good second pair of defensemen, at least through two and a half months. And they've turned Nick Sealer, who two, two, three years ago was like considering retiring into a solid like second pair, number four, number five guy. Maybe the Flyers have a coaching staff that can take guys who, and finally, especially I'm specifically talking about Brad Shaw, who can take guys that are cast offs from elsewhere and turn them into guys who can overachieve. They just kind of fix Rasmus Ristolainen. Like if Brad Shaw can fix Ristolainen, can turn Sealer into a top four defenseman and can turn Sean Walker into a guy who's performing like one of the best play driving defensemen in hockey, like maybe they can do this to other guys too. And losing these guys isn't that big of a deal because they can just create the next Sean Walker. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's a big part of it. Like, Nick Sealer, his career arc, I mean, he was a couple of years ago, one of our, what the hell are they doing playing this guy punching bags? Exactly. And now it's, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. So maybe this is their thing. They can find those guys and it's the forwards. They kind of just need to punch up a bit. All right. uh, Let's go to at JFD Marini. I do actually real quick before we get Uh, into this one. I want to address this question from Sting Chameleon. Oh, does Gautier join us for a playoff run this year? It's an interesting question, but I do want to um, point this out. Boston College is one of the best teams in the league. That is the, one of the best teams in college hockey. That is the uh, the school that Cutter Gauthier plays for. They could very easily go to the Frozen Four, okay? The Frozen Four lasts until April 13th. I was just looking up the date. Okay, yes. cool. And the Flyers... That's like the day of the season. The ends, Flyers' season ends on April 16th. So, theoretically, if the Flyers made the playoffs, maybe. Playoffs? However... If Boston College is as good as we think they are, which looks like one of the best teams in the country, and they go to the Frozen Four, I think it is legitimately possible that Cutter Gauthier never suits up for the Flyers this season just because there won't be enough time. Just worth pointing out. It's definitely worth pointing out. Also, remember, uh, he was feeling a bit burned out last year. It's why, uh, you know, after going through everything and then going to Worlds, he opted not to go to whatever rookie camp or development camp, development whichever camp. one it was. Yeah, people are camp. still angry about that, yeah, apparently. Yeah, exactly. He not was the Flyers, feeling, but people. Yeah, he was feeling a little burned out last year. Perhaps if this team goes on a run uh, through the Frozen Four, say they win it. Might be doing a little partying. I can Fair. imagine I would be. You're like, I would uh, be doing that. Yeah, fuck, sure man. would. Uh, why, why else would you even play sports? <laughs> like, what's the point of getting good? Uh, You're in college, too. Come yeah, on. man. So, like, it's a possibility, but I could see a world in which he at least maybe he's a black ace for the playoffs, yeah. something like that. Because if this team gets in, it's like, well, who are you taking out for this kid who's never played in the NHL Well, we before? already said Morgan Frost. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. All I right. mean, come on. I'm just this is John Tortorella talking uh, about. Yeah, it. but at a certain point, you got to be like the dudes who got us here have to be a part of this. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, but I, I did want to point that out because there has yeah. been some talk about that, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. <laughs> The Frozen Four goes real long this year, like to yeah. mid-April, and that's right around the time the season ends. So there could be a scenario where Cutter Gauthier signs but does not play for the Flyers because he just runs out of time. We have, and I've pointed this out before, we have seen, however, in the recent past, it was Kale McCarr. 
stepped off the ice in college, stepped onto the ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs, did not play in the regular season, mm-hmm. and still got out there. Now, we're talking about legitimately the best defenseman in hockey. And also, so, the Flyers still have to make the playoffs. Yeah, like, so, <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a lot to... But I, I guess it's a possibility he could. I hope he does. Never know. All right, now let's go to at JFD Marini. Uh, how much do you think the change in playing style has contributed to the good vibes among the players? Defensive hockey's a bore to watch, and I imagine it's a slog to play, too. Are the players happier because they're playing a more fun kind of hockey? It's an interesting question because we is. have just been talking like we were just talking before the show. They're so much more fun to watch. But the reason they've opened up offensively is because of the commitment and ability to execute the structured style defensively yes. and doing everything. They're still doing all the same shit defensively. It's just like, OK, now when you block the shot, look up and the winger on the opposite side is going to be at the blue line. Hit him. You know, like, I think that's just what it comes down to. But do you think that plays a role into the uh, changed locker room vibe? So what I'll say is that I suspect it does have an impact. This is a more fun style to play. I've been tracking the the neutral zone outcomes all year at five on five. They're a little bit over 50% controlled entry rate by my, uh, by numbers. They're a 50.14%, which is like an eight percentage point jump from last year. That's a significant change in style. And I'm sure they enjoy it. I know that they enjoy, they enjoy playing on the penalty kill, which is not a time that most players enjoy doing. You know, that's like, that's when you put the work in this, these players love playing on the penalty kill because it's just going to score. It's attack, attack, attack. It's a lot of fun. So, Yes, I do think this is a more fun style of play. I do think they enjoy it more. But really, what it boils down to more, it's less about the style of play, and it's more about the fact that they're winning. Like, being on a winning team winning is, fun. is much more fun than <laughs> yeah. being on a losing team. Like, I talked to, to Joel Farabee for this feature, and we had a conversation about his change in mentality because he talked about last year that – he essentially would would start feeling too sorry for himself and he would let that get him down and he would be hard on himself after games, even when they would win where he would feel like he didn't play well and then he'd be angry and he just decided like, you know what? What I care about more is about the team winning. I'll sacrifice three minutes a night if it means give a team a better chance of winning. Now, the point I made in the article is why not both? Why not give him the more ice time and keep winning because he's a pretty darn good player. At least he's playing like one so far this year. But the point I brought up to him is, is it easier to accept that because you're winning? And he's like, well, yeah, we all feel better because we're winning. Like, it's much easier for me not to feel sorry for myself when I have a bad game. When you come when, off the ice and the music and the yeah, locker room's pumping, yeah. maybe the boys want to go out for beers afterwards. I bet you you're like, ah, 13 instead of 16, who gives a shit? Exactly. And like, so I think that's that's more of the thing that is improving the vibes. And then it becomes, you know, it becomes a circle. Like, the vibes are better because you're playing a more fun style and then you're winning. So then the vibes are better. So then you play the more fun style even better and then you win more. So it just, it compounds and it builds on itself. But I do think that more than anything, what's improved the vibes in the locker room is the fact that the team's playing well, and the team's winning games a lot more than they have in the last three years. And it's just way more fun to come to the arena and come to the locker room and come to the practice facility when you're coming off three wins rather than 10 straight losses. 
Calling all card collectors, Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all your favorite card brands like Top Scrum Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. Maybe you're looking to grade your own sports card collection. Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. So stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester, open seven days a week at 11 a.m., and use code PHLY to get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in the store. Also be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at wheelhouse cards we got holidays coming up you're looking for that unique gift for someone that last minute gifts last minute gifts man you get 10 percent off in the store and honestly pick yourself up something cool too we're, like, you know, we're reaching the point where if you haven't yet bought your gifts you might not get them in time if you're ordering them online you might not get them in time for christmas which is the perfect time to go to a brick and mortar store and buy something in person open up your uh, promotions folder in the old gmail today it's going to be a lot of last day to get your stuff before Christmas. Yep. Like Here it is. This order now. Yep. When you get to go to the store, do you get the discount in the store? Seems pretty easy. You just shoot over there and you get something unique, something collectible. They carry Mitchell and Ness, the, uh, maybe one of the last remaining quality brands and sports and foco and well yeah foco has obviously foco we we don't have the foco read today but i will say i just got something pretty cool from them uh but yeah so check out check out wheelhouse cards still time to get in there before the holiday season uh passes us by but yeah go to the store you can do it i know it's so easy just go let's go to amazon i get it it's a lot more fun. Get sure out is. there. Stuff's decorated. Other people buying things. Exactly. Getting a fight over the last. Uh... Well, maybe not that. <laughs> what's, I, I, I don't what's, want. I don't want us to lose our sponsorship with Wheelhouse Turbo because Man. we encouraged a brawl in their store. <laughs> Listen, man, if there's one left in your size, you gotta get it. Was the last rock? Is it Turbo Man and Jingle All the yeah, Way? Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that yet this year. I still have to. <laughs> all right. Um, let's get to. We have like three questions in a row about Carter Hart, and that's. Uh, it, it's very interesting subject because so it many is. people have different opinions on it. Yeah. I change mine uh, based on how he plays. Vibes. <laughs> Just, it's really based on did Samuel Harrison play tonight? Did he play well? I change my opinion based on that basically twice a week. Uh, so let's start with the uh, first Carter Hart question from Turtle Medic. Uh, what's your limit for a contract to re-sign Carter Hart as opposed to trading him because he wants too much? Uh, and Charlie, you have laid out a lot of the cap hits for the top goalies in the league. Yeah. I like. I guess a lot of it depends I guess I, on how this season plays yeah, out. Let, let's let's go with this because I'm gonna let's start with you and you can say like, what is your gut? What does your gut tell uh, you? Like, what cap hit would be the first cap hit where you're like, Ugh. and what would be the one where you're like, yeah, I can live with that. And then I'll go through mine, which is a little bit more like using comps over six and a half. Okay, over over six. six and a half. I guess maybe like if it was seven, I wouldn't like. Oh my god! So seven is like your like limit. Seven's probably the limit. I'm a little more right now. I, I guess if you were to lower it, stretch it out with term, but I still don't know what Carter Hart is, so I don't want to give him like seven, eight years. Like that's the thing is like right now he's got a nine nineteen save percentage. He's been very good this year. Also, 
he's been sick three times. We still don't have the like the proof that he can be a 65 game starter and do it consistently for a full season. And obviously no one's consistent through 65 stars. I, I'm just saying like he gets banged up every year. Stuff goes wrong. I, I just don't know if I see him as that dude yet. As I've said many times, you throw him on any cup contending team, their chances of winning the cup either stay the same or go up. He's awesome. You can win with him. I just don't know if he's franchise elite goaltender guy you build around yet. And I'm not giving him the contract that says so when like, I, I don't know what this team's going to be and when they're going to be what I want them. So I, it's more, it's a little bit more about term right now. I don't want to give him seven or eight, uh, but man, all contract extensions seem ridiculous to me. We don't know. Like, we don't know when this team's going to be good. It's fair. I, so going into, I think this is going to be a fascinating negotiation because, number one, let's let's set aside the, the Hockey Canada thing because I interviewed Danny Breer about that. This was in the, the section for our diehards in part two. And Breer more or less said, like, yeah, we haven't started talking contract, and I don't know if we're going to start talking contract until we have an idea of how this is going to be resolved because I think he realizes that – he cannot afford to give Carter Hart a long-term extension and then find out two months later that Carter Hart was involved in a rape. Like they are probably the law. If, if the hockey Canada thing continues to get dragged out, they are going to drag out this negotiation through the summer. So do not expect Carter Hart to be signed anytime soon. However, let's, let's operate under the assumption that that's not an issue that we're, we're all we're discussing here now is quality of play and whether it makes sense to commit to Carter Hart long-term, whether he's a good enough goalie to justify a cap hit that he would be getting on his next contract and whatnot. So I'm going to go through the goalie cap hits, the top goalie cap hits right now. The top three are clearly the highest. You have Carey Price, who can't play anymore, but he still has the highest cap hit because there's a contract going on. 10.5 million. Sergei Borovsky's at 10 million. Andre Vasilevsky, $9.5 million. Now, obviously, Carey Price can't play anymore, but it's very clear that Carter Hart cannot argue that he is on the level of Andre Vasilevsky or Carey Price when he signed that contract. So he's not in that realm. There is no middle between that high three when you're talking about the guys that are close to, to 10 mil and around there. Then it drops. The There's four- a three million dollar difference yes. between the top and the middle. The next highest cap it after Vasilevsky is John Gibson at six point four million. So my guess is that Carter Hart is probably going to like his camp is going to want to set that threshold of not quite elite, but that next level down. Like I would not be surprised if Carter Hart's camp is like, well, we think he should be in the sevens because there is nobody in the sevens, and he's better than, for example. Jordan Bennington was when Jordan Bennington signed at $6 million a few years back. He has a longer track record. Yes, Bennington had won a Stanley Cup, but in terms of overall track record, Hearts yeah. was stronger. And they're going to argue he deserves more than that. Whereas the Flyers are going to be like, well, he's not those top guys. There's no one in the eight and seven range. And honestly, Hart, in my mind, is a good goalie. He is not yet a great goalie. To me, the best, most recent comparables to Hart are Jacob Markstrom, who granted older, but he signed a deal with a $6 million cap hit. And then the big comp, which is the most interesting to me, Tristan Jari signed 
a five-year deal. This was this July, very recent. A five-year deal worth $5.375 million per year. Tristan Jari's career save percentage is 914 over 228 games. He is 28. Carter Hart will be 26 next year. He has a 907 save percentage in two, in 218 games. The two are pretty comparable. To me, if I'm the Flyers, I'm like, Jari's your comp. Yeah, you can argue you were in front of a bad defensive team for a few years. That's fair. However, you are now in front of a good defensive team, and your numbers are good. They're not through the roof amazing. They're good. If you look at his goals saved above expected this season, it's plus 5.55, which is good. It's, it's definitely above average. He's definitely providing better than average goaltending. But he's not blowing the doors off. He's not stealing them anything. Exactly. He's winning them games. This he's team play- doesn't give up 30 shots a game. This he's year. playing quite well. I think kind of where I'm at is I would be willing to go up to six. Six mil. Okay. Anything higher than that, especially given the fact that I believe in Sam Erson as a quality starting goalie, I would probably look to trade him. Because I don't feel comfortable going any higher than the low sixes on Carter Hart, given the fact that I have a cheaper goalie who I think might be just as good. Who's also, what, a year or two younger? I I don't know. To me, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't think Hart deserves seven, eight mil, even though I think that's probably what his camp will push for. Yeah, it would be it would be a very interesting like arbitration situation. Uh, hockey's not like baseball. Like you can meet in the middle in arbitration, right? Like in baseball, it's like either we win or the player wins and you get what you get. Like, I, I do think there is room in hockey. It's man, like the Bennington thing. And someone brings up Aiden Hill. Yeah. It's like, yeah, track record heart is better. But if I'm in a room of hockey men and compare myself to dudes with their name on the cup, it's like, yo, Jordan Bennington's the reason they won. Like, they were in last place, and then he came into the Wells Fargo Center, shut the Flyers out, and then they basically went undefeated for four months. Yeah. And it's because he was awesome. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it is going to be a very interesting situation. The Hockey Canada thing obviously looms over it. I don't think you go into a, like, uh, a long-term contract with somebody going, well, we could always get out of it. But the contract termination situation recently leaves me to be like could they get out but i don't think you want i don't think they would be able to the only i I, let me me if you don't have all the information let me me rephrase if carter hart were to be charged and convicted with a crime they could get out of it but if it's a situation where his name's just his name's just in it no i do not think they would be able to get out of that contract at all the Corey perry situation makes me wonder but also the Chicago Blackhawks are a one. They're allowed to do whatever they want because they're Gary Bettman's favorite team. And two, they're in a very sensitive place as a franchise yes. where it's like we we have to be beyond reproach. So I I don't know. The and, whole and, thing and is going to be very, very And weird. also that's a little different too, the Corey Perry situation, because that was and we don't know the specifics of what he did. We know it has something to do with uh, with alcohol abuse or whatever. But that was something that presumably it was an event that happened while he was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. and as a representative of that team, 
like on team property or whatever the carter hart situation obviously happened before he well he, he was under contract but he was loaned and it was not you know something that he was doing as a representative of the flyers so i would just think it would be tough probably so, an important distinction yeah, yeah probably an important distinction all right uh more on carter hart this one from john weston <laughs> since th- things are rolling around uh, th- since things are rolling along nicely let's throw a stinker of a question into the machine is there ever a time when flyers fans can expect carter hart's puck handling to improve that- or is it just going to be dicey for his entire career yes um Answer i yes. will say <laughs> i will say while it is not a strength of his game I feel like I have seen him make a couple of plays with the puck lately. Now, obviously, because of our preconceived notions, he makes these plays and we go, oh, my God. Okay. All right. He got away with it. But like, I do think he's been better. But uh, is it ever going to be good? I uh, No. No. <laughs> it's, it's, I do agree that I think he's making strides in the area of, of playing the puck. I don't think he's quite as awful as he was two, three years ago. However the thing that sticks in people's heads is that usually like once every couple of weeks, he makes like a completely brain dead play with the puck. And that's very memorable because he either hands the other team a goal or hands them a puck that probably should have been a goal. If one of his defensemen didn't completely bail him out. Look, I think what we need to remember about Carter Hart's puck playing and just goaltenders puck playing in general is that usually at one time in the NHL, there are like two goalies who are good at playing the puck and everybody else stinks at it. And this is just something that fans are going to have to deal with, with pretty much every goalie that you could possibly have. Like, yeah, there's always like a Martin Brodeur or a Mike Smith or whatever, a goalie who's legitimately good at it. And then almost everyone else in the league is bad at it because it's real, real hard to play a puck in goalie pads with an unwieldy, heavy ass stick. Like it's just difficult. They're wearing a they're wearing a catching glove on one of their like it seems yeah. impossible. It's not the easy. The puck is not made. The stick is not made for handle. It's just like and he says goaltender. Uh, the second part of his question or just comment like goaltender puck handling seems like something that would be pretty easy to improve year over year as a focal point in the off season. Kind of like bunting or onside kicks. Do we think this is a point of emphasis for the organization or is Rocky Thompson or Ian Laperriere simply put on the job? I, I do not. That's a fun that's a funny joke i do not Um, think it is a point of emphasis as much as some fans want it to be that's if just because i think it matters and i and to be clear this isn't me shitting on the flyers i think they're right not to tell carter hart like spend the whole offseason working on playing the puck because it pisses off fans if (laughs) if like the two things he could work on are keeping the puck out of the net that's my or like the one or two times he actually has to handle the puck under pressure a week I want him to focus yeah. on keeping the puck out of the net. Yeah. Like we all, before we started today, you're like, you know, Henrik Lundqvist. Fans always complain about him. It's like, well, he finished top five in <laughs> top five in Vezina voting every year for a decade. Exactly. I'd rather that. I'd rather the guy who never gets scored on, yeah. <laughs> like, and just let someone else handle the puck. Yeah, I, um, I guess. I guess my thing with this is. No, I don't expect him to become a good puck handler. No. He might progressively get a little bit better each year. I think we're even seeing that kind of progression. But I do think this is a bit overblown from fans because they're going to get frustrated at any goalie they have in terms of playing the puck because they're all bad at it. Carter Hart is not uniquely bad at playing the puck. He is just normal bad in comparison to 95% of the goalies in the NHL. And I think people should just keep that in mind that it's not like this is a... 
like, is it a weakness in Carter Hart's game? Yes, but it's a weakness in the sense that, like, it's a weakness for almost every goalie yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one on Carter Hart here from Chris Coleman. In a pure hockey trade, one for one, no prospects slash picks, what forward or defenseman would you see as even value for Hart? I'm certainly not advocating for a trade. I'd rather keep him, but interested in the perception slash conversation. And he just lists some criteria like quality. Well, this was me. Oh, I, that's I you. Put this, okay, I, I put mind. this in for notes I, well, on I the outline. I did not remember put the, putting that yeah, in no, there. This so, was yeah. me. Okay. Well, it's more because, look, my thing is that if I trade Carter Hart, I would rather trade him for picks and prospects not players in the here and now that my view would be this would be a way to get younger this would be a way to add more lottery tickets to the organization so that would be the route i would try to take if i'm trying to trade carter hart i'd be fine if you want to offer you know like a blue chip 21 year old who hasn't quite made the league yet that's fine but i'd i'd rather not go this route however if you were to go this route to me it would be a situation where you're probably looking for guys who are not elite because I do not think anybody like, I know we joke, well, if they trade, if they offer dry Like the Oilers are never offering Leon dry set off a Carter Hart. Like you can, you can end that dream. The dream is dead. It is a question of like, and I agree. Like, I know we talk about, I use that. I use that as the reference point a couple of minutes ago in a different conversation, <laughs> yes. but just like the value of goaltender is so high, especially once you get to the postseason. And when you look at a team like Edmonton that has no goaltender, like, oh, yeah, we'll just bring up Jack Campbell eventually. And it's like, well, he, he just got pulled again in the AHL. So I, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Like, he's not he's not about to be fixed. Yeah. Like, the value of goaltender is so high that it, like, inflates what you can, like, Leon Dreisaitl versus Carter Hart. I don't think anyone in the world is like, oh, yeah, that's an even trade on talent, but because of how bad they need it and how important goaltending it is and how bad, like maybe it makes a little bit of sense, but it, value, but it doesn't, but it doesn't, but it yeah. doesn't. No, that, it's, I'm just trying thing. to, yeah. I mean, you have multiple teams, like as much as you say, goalies have an outsized impact on the outcome of games and they do, that is accurate. They're the flip side of that is, you have no idea when a goalie is going to get hot or not. Yeah. There's a reason why Vegas won with Aiden Hill Aiden as their Hill, goalie. Jordan Bennington. Like, like teams look like, at that and they say, why would I give up a, a, a first-line 100-point guy for a goalie because I need, I need a goalie when I could just as easily pick some scrub and have Michael Layton carry my team through two rounds. Martin Jones, who's like an 899 guy for the last four years, is currently killing it for Toronto. He like, could, like, like, yeah, know? guys get hot, and yeah. that's always going to keep goalies' individual values yeah. down. However, if you were going to do a like a one-for-one, talent-for-talent deal, to me, it would only make sense if it's like a good young player, like established young player, of a similar age to Carter Hart, who is not elite, who plays for a team that needs a goalie. So like some names that popped up, this guy, I think would be, uh, it would be overly like, I do not think Edmonton would do this, but like Evan Bouchard, I think Evan Bouchard is a legitimately really good defenseman. However, I do wonder how much of his very impressive underlying metrics are driven by the fact that he gets to play with Connor McDavid all the time. So he might not be quite that good. That would be someone if I'm the Flyers who I would ask for on their like if it's like, hey, you want Carter Hart? Well, we're we're talking Evan Bouchard. Uh if we're talking Carolina Hurricanes, obviously they're in goalie goalie struggles. 
just Barry Cockney is taking a step forward this year. Marty Natchez, another guy like these are the types of guys like you're not going to get. And I don't even know if you get any of these guys, but these are at least the kind of players that if you ask for, they're not going to slam the phone on you on you as they laugh in your ear. They'd be like, okay, like now nah, we don't really want to, but like, that's interesting. We'll, We'll take that under advisement if we decide we really need a goalie. Talking about Buffalo, a local guy, Matias Samuelson, if they're looking for you know more of a, of a shutdown, Nick Sealer type guy, if they trade for him. Um, one guy who is mildly interesting to me just because he's also involved in the Hockey Canada thing, Drake Batherson on Ottawa. Like, hey, let's, let's trade our two Hockey Canada people. Oh, let's God. flip problems and see what happens. That would... <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, but to be clear, but no, that's, to, to be clear, if I'm trading Carter Hart, because, I, I am looking more at prospects and picks because there are a lot of logical flips in a one-for-one no, one deal. Like that, I think that gets to the root of the issue with potentially trading Carter Hart. Like if they made any of those trades, even though it makes sense, just like you said, not elite guys in that. But they're like good. Prime age, yeah, but they're good, good player. Yeah. Like, People will not be happy with those returns. Fair. And so that's why I think, like, your thought, like, picks, prospects, something more along those lines. Yeah, you can sell that better upside. to the fans, too. Like, when it's Jesperi Cock in, Cock in the Emmy, like, I like him. For Carter Hart, like, I can see just, like, I see goalies impact on game. No one's really going to be happy with that. So at the same it would time, be interesting. Though, like let's let's envision a scenario where if Erson's great, I it, guess it, it doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. Then it's like okay, well, Carter Hart misses a month. Sam Erson finishes a year with a nine sixteen save percentage. Then suddenly, maybe some of those one for ones become acceptable to people because it's not like you're giving away our only goalie solution. You're trading from a position of strength to add another good skater. Just saying. Right now, I got to tell you about our friends at Game Time, fam, because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Again, we know the holiday season is upon us. If you're like maybe me and my wife, Ava, we, uh, we just buy stuff constantly. <laughs> like uh, buying gifts for each other is like we have a shared bank account. Like what's the point? We constantly buy everything we want. Stuff doesn't really do it for us experiences is what we're all about. Maybe she wants to go see a comedian she loves. You know, I'm trying to push to go to New York the day after Christmas, go see WWE at Madison Square Garden. Those sorts of things make the absolute best gifts because it's not something you'll like, oh yeah, we put it up on the shelf and then we took it down and lost it or whatever. It's an experience you'll remember forever. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. See, right, I really stopped myself there 
from saying buying shit. I was like, no, buying stuff. <laughs> stuff. For, yeah. you know, you know, for the sponsors. Exactly. You're welcome, game time. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, just a few questions. Where were, okay, there, there it is. All right. So, few left uh, here we can get to. Yeah. Start with uh, Ziggy Stardust. If, Shout out to Will, yeah. our boy. <laughs> if you had to have a Flyers player, oh, this is a good one. It's a very if good you one. had to have a Flyers player as your secret Santa, who would you pick? And if you had to be the secret Santa for a player, who are you picking and what are you getting them? Uh, I, if I had to have a Flyers player, I'm taking the highest paid guy. <laughs> like, I'm absolutely taking Sean Couturier. <laughs> he has the most money. He's going to get the coolest gift. It, I mean, look. <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit of, and this is not to say that I guess maybe I am coming at this from a little bit of a different perspective because the players actually know me. Like if, <laughs> if Sean Gutierrez got me, he would absolutely buy me some gag gift because he's just like, ah, that, that, that fucking journalist. Um, so, so like that would absolutely happen. Same thing with like Travis Sanheim or Scott Lawton. The I, guys who've been around a yeah, while. I am going to go with probably the nicest guy in the locker room even though he's not highly paid, Nick Sealer would absolutely be put like, into he it. would put serious thought <laughs> into, into that gift. And even though he's not getting paid a ton, I think he would spend like a hundred, hundred bucks to get me something very nice okay. because he just, he's just like the epitome of that Minnesota nice. Mm -hmm. And I think he absolutely would take real care in, in picking out a gift for someone. So I'm going to go with Nick Sealer. If you had to be the secret Santa for a player, who are you picking and what are you getting them? I personally am uh, picking Matt Vemichkov, and I am getting him a helicopter out. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and bringing him here because that's a gift for me. Like yeah, the best yeah. gifts you can get someone. Right, right. Like I was saying with the game time, like, oh, yeah, get tickets to an event. Yeah. I get to go to the event too. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the best gift is the ones you benefit from. Uh, I, do you have like, is there... Is there a funny thing you would get for anyone on the team? Yeah, I think I would try. I would get one of uh, one of the Travi Sandheimer Connecti, and I would I would get. Um, well, it's, that's the thing. It wouldn't matter yeah. which one which because one? I would get the same thing for either of them. It would be a book of like prank ideas, <laughs> just to create to foster even more chaos in that room, particularly <laughs> towards one Scott Lawton, who is apparently the target of most of their pranks. I can see like you look at Scott Lawton, and he definitely. I can see him being the target because he'd sell it. Like, you, you don't want to prank someone who's like, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah. But like him being, from what we can tell, insane. Uh, <laughs> like, if he's going to lose his mind when you prank him, like those are the best people to prank. Exactly. Absolutely. So that's that's good. A little, yeah. little insight there on the uh, dynamic of this team. I, I picked this one to ask Charlie because I know you love these questions. Oh, um, God. He <laughs> just it? ripped a one-timer for a power play goal. Instead of a team goal song, they play specific uh, ones for mm. each player. What is your song and why is Charlie's Dynamite by Teo uh, Cruz. Cruz? That is that is my least favorite song probably ever. That's your least I favorite song ever? I hate it so much. Oh. And like my college friends, whenever I, I see them, because that, that song came out when I was in college and it was a big hit and it was played constantly at you know house parties and clubs and bars and whatever and I couldn't stand it. So now whenever I see my college friends, they will purposely like play it on touch tunes or play it on the aux court or whatever That's good. just to piss me off. <laughs> Brian Culture is one of my friends in real life. So of course he does this. I thought about this. 
I do believe, and I know this is one that was was used by Florida for a while. I would go Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World, and That's I do one. I do think it would play well because I could like add some crowd dynamic to it. Like, are you listening? And then maybe like I cut my ear to That's, my head, and bad. then just like start pumping up the crowds to get the woes. I, I know I think like, that would be cool. A bunch of times I have said it would be Maxine. Get right back where we started from. Um, that would probably always be mine. I do. I've thought a lot though about no goal song, just silence. The crowd, <laughs> silence. <laughs> no, the crowd is the goal song. Mm-hmm. You make the noise. I don't need you singing along. I need you being the singer. I I don't know. I think it would be interesting. But Maxine is my standard answer course, for that one. Uh, I think we have time for one more. Yeah. So let's go with. All right, let's go with this one from Gus the Groundhog. Put on some goddamn pants, Gus. Either lose lose the shirt because you're an animal and you don't need clothes, or put on some goddamn pants because you're wearing a shirt, so clearly, like, you have private parts. Whatever. Just just stop hawking me Philadelphia lottery tickets. I just hate Gus. If you want want to hawk me Philadelphia Philadelphia lottery tickets, then become a sponsor on PHLY. Otherwise, stop. That's a great That is great. I hate Gus, though. That commercial is great. That's Classic thing. Classic uh, local commercial. Especially since he's like less of a puppet now and more CGI. I hate him even more. Whatever. All right. Last from Gus the Groundhog. I don't think it's actually him. Uh, in three years, how will these players rank? Brink, Faraby, Forster, Tippett. This is a fun question. It is. Okay. So I will go. Huh. I will go Forster, Faraby, Tippett, Brink. Really? Yes. I, right. I, what I will say, because I, I think hmm. Forrester has the pious, plausible upside just in terms of if he keeps going with this, hey, he could be an amazing two-way player and then also can score 35 goals a year. I will say that, you know, let's let's be optimistic. Let's say he hits that. I think Joel Farabee can be a 30-goal scorer that also is a really good two-way guy. I think Owen Tippett, the more I, the more I see him, the more I think he is going to be that great complimentary player who is streaky and can win you games for a week at a time and then might disappear for a little bit. Bobby Brink, I think, will be a scorer. I do not know if he will ever be a driver of play. So I think he will be good, but I think he will be more like what Morgan Frost could be. So that's, that's why I'm putting him fourth. I have definitely Forster first. Um, I'm going to go with Faraby second right now. Okay. Although I can see a world in which Brink surpasses him, uh, or maybe they're even. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brink, because I do like the edge he plays with a little bit. I think once you get some more guys on the power play, he could be a really strong contributor there. I, I just really like what I'm seeing out of Bobby Brink, especially for a dude with so such low expectations coming off the injury of last season. Fair. Uh, I just I'm really liking him, but he and Farabee I would have like two A, two B. I think it could be and Tippett last, not because I don't believe in him, just because. Like right now, he's on pace for 27 goals. He scored 27 goals last year. I think he is what he is, That's and that is possible. a really good third line player. Middle six, middle six, but I think like he's, yeah, third, it's like fair. if he's on, if he's that guy that alternates depending on how you switch the lines around. I think he can take over games, but he's shown that he can't do that consistently. At least yeah. to this point, at least this part. like he will carry. Like you said, he's more. He's more Pat Burrell than Chase Utley. Like, yeah, for that week and a half, 
He's your best player. Yeah. And then for another week and a half, it's like, yo, was he scratched? What happened? But because the possibility exists, he's somebody that you always want in your lineup. Exactly. Uh, but I just kind of think he has right now of these four guys, the lowest upside to me. And I think they all have high, like, this I, isn't to blast any yeah, of them. See, it's funny. Like I actually, I think he could have pl plausibly the highest upside. I just I thought am, that coming into this. Year. I just am less convinced that he's going to hit it. Oh, I, that's probably the better way to put it. I don't think he's going to be that consistent because I think he has the upside to be a 45, 50 goal score. I think he has that, that physical ability. I think I do not think he has the consistency. I think that it's like the fact that he's not doing it in the contract year to me is like, right, he's also, when I mean, are you he's, getting, do it? he's getting up in age. Like I'm not saying that he's old. He's very clearly a youngish guy, but yeah. especially with forwards, like who they are in their mid twenties is it's kind who of who they are. But you know, we said the same thing with Travis Konechny. I'm true. Potentially an outlier. Like you'd ever, well, what about the one guy who proved it wrong? Yeah. Like, well, Okay, that's why they're called outliers, you know. <laughs> but yeah. like, I, I, yeah, I, I think he has very good. Like, he could have an incredible All Star season. He could have a yeah. forty goal season. Yeah, I, 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 I think he's going to be a twenty seven yeah. goal guy. I could now. see his best season being an eighty five point year where he scores yeah. forty goals, and then the next year he drops back down and he scores. 30 and finishes at 60. Uh, we have like 10 more questions we're going to get to throughout the week. We have a bunch of stuff, uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Before we wrap up, I got to tell you all, if you're uh, maybe looking to catch us live, oh, we'll see Charlie and Bill do this thing in, in front of our very eyes in person. Come out to Reading Terminal tomorrow. That's right, Reading Terminal Market tomorrow, Tuesday, December 19th. Meet the entire PHLY team. All of our shows are going to be live tomorrow. We are on at 1 p.m., so come check us out. But never fear if you're like, you know, I'm really in this, uh, really in this routine of catching the post games. Oh, we're doing that too. It's a two-show Tuesday Double for shows. your friends at PHLY Flyers. So check us out twice tomorrow. Come on out to Reading Terminal Market. Get something to eat. Say hello, and then check out the post game after Flyers Devils tomorrow. That will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Follow us right here on YouTube at PHLY underscore Flyers on Twitter and search the podcast PHLY Flyers. All right, my name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Go, Birds. Go, 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 Go,